Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. When it comes to the paranormal, are ghosts and UFOs just the tips of a very big iceberg? Where are we when it comes to paranormal research? What are people actually tangling with when they hunt ghosts, quote-unquote? Greetings and welcome to the 593rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those loaded questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And this evening we bring you two dear friends who are uh, much more familiar with the everyday world of ghost hunting than we are. And uh, we welcome your calls this evening. The numbers are 800-449-1240 or from anywhere in, that is from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. And then 401-766-1240, that is for everyone who is calling locally. Also, we will monitor emails. Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com for emails. Don't forget about our Facebook page. And we welcome in studio, which is always a treat for us, Willie Hassel and Lynn Nickerson. And we'll let them provide their own bios. We never, we've never done that before, so you're really special. All right. So, Lynn, so if we're you'd, on? Uh, <laughs> yes, we're on. And Lynn, if you'd care to tell us about yourself. Um, yes, well, both Willie and I, together, we're um, the team who operates Spirit... Uh, well, Spirit Chases Paranormal as well as Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience. And Willie's been doing this about five years. I've been doing it about two, and that's into investigating ghosts. And the uh, the radio show we've done for a year and a half, a year, a year and eight months. And before that, I've, I've always had an interest in the paranormal, a broad spectrum of stuff. And I've been writing down a, a few of I've started a book writing down my little episodes and incidences. Great. We can talk about that as we go. Willie. Yeah. Okay, well, first, uh, Paul and Ben, I want to thank you very much for uh, inviting us down here tonight. Oh, thanks for coming uh, down here. Yes, it's great to be you. here. Yeah, was, uh, all the way down from I drove. All, all the way down from <laughs> yeah. Maine. Yeah. So you had it easy, Willie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Uh, well, uh, like Lynn said, we are uh, Spirit Chasers Paranormal out of Hampton, New Hampshire. Um, it's actually, it's, it's just a small group. It's uh, myself, uh, Lynn. My brother Jim and my niece Laura are the core group at the moment, and it's been going for about five years now, I guess. And my uh, beginnings in the paranormal is no exciting story by any means. I just uh, always kind of wondered, you know, uh, are there really ghosts or not? And never really knew. Didn't think too much about it. And then, you know, a few years ago, like everybody else, I was watching all the programs. I won't mention them. Hmm. I said to my brother one night, <laughs> I want to find out for myself. So I took him, uh, dragging and screaming, off to a local cemetery, and I said, we're going to go find a ghost. And uh, it just kind of developed from there. Uh, a couple of friends wanted to uh, join in, and we ended up forming Spirit Chasers Paranormal. And since then, had, the lineup has changed a little bit. Uh, the other two have left, and now we have Lynn and my niece, Laura, the, the different headliners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, th- this is this is unusual for us. We we very very rarely have um, representatives of any ghost hunting groups on the show. But but mm-hmm. you have become very special friends over the last couple of years. Well, we yeah. appreciate and, as a matter that. In fact, I believe Lynn and I are cousins. That's we don't right. We are. Because if you're Nickerson and you're from the Cape or Nova Scotia, then we're cousins. I'm no sure qu- we are. No question. So. L- we don't often get to ask questions of this kind on this show. So uh, let's start with, again, you, you began to tell how you got started. And I, I'm trying to put this delicately because um, Ben is the only one to whom 
no longer spring chickens doesn't really apply anymore, okay? <laughs> the, the three of us are, I suppose, roughly of the same vintage, uh, more or yeah. less. Mm. And one thinks of this as a, an activity or a hobby, whatever, whatever you want to call it, for younger people. Uh, do you find that older people also are getting into this kind of paranormal research, seat-of-the-pants kind of interest and this sort of thing? I, I think all ages. Really. I think all ages. I, think it's across I, I mean, the board. in yeah. investigations, I've I've gone to some public investigations. Not you know, I mean, I know you're not going to get any real evidence there, but yeah. it's amusing. And you know, there are, there are <laughs> yeah. there are people of all ages, from you know teenagers to people our age. You, you know, know, I think people are becoming more psychically aware, and people are really interested. They're increasing their awareness. So I think it's across the board. Or perhaps even it's more of a societal thing where yeah, that too. it's more like we're our our, uh, our mortality is constantly being challenged. So mm. why not wonder about what's going to happen afterwards? Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. People sometimes ask me, said, so, you know, you got thrown out of the seminary for this and all this business, and that was a long story. But you know, you gave up all this stuff. You could have been helping people. You know, for this. And I said, well, this is the most important question you will ever face when you're on your deathbed. Your, you know, what what you had for dinner the day before, your even Isn't your bank accounts in it was not going to matter. <laughs> Ultimate questions will matter, and that's what we're all trying to find out. Maybe that's we're blundering through. We all secretly want to know. Yes. Maybe we bring up more questions than we answer, but we're doing it. We're explorers. Ben and I say we're, we're cosmic sojourners. That's the title of our book. <laughs> well put. Yeah. yeah, that's a good yeah. way of putting uh, it. Yeah. yeah, and you said that they said, "Well, you could be helping people." Well, I, I think. We are helping people. Exactly. When, yeah. When somebody so. calls calls in, in a group, you know, um, we're being bothered by, you know, something's going on in the house. Can you help us? And if you can make them feel better in the end, and or even know, discover, pull, you know, yeah, what it is. And, yeah. Maybe you know, you might find out that there's nothing going on. It's just a very high electromagnetic field is just, you know, giving you, uh, uh, you know, feelings and you know. I mean, so you you are, you are actually helping people. Yeah. Uh, I although th there is a there is an underside to that, and I know you agree uh, that there are some groups who appoint themselves as counselors to families, yeah. which really makes me cringe. And I'm just waiting for the lawsuits, malpractice yeah. kind of thing, you know. And uh, I think th the one thing that bothers us about the field is that so many people are appointing themselves because they've read a few books. And, uh, I mean, in your case, we've all, the four of us have been kind of learning from each other, I think, in the last few years. It's nice but, to share. Uh, and you have a certain maturity where some people don't, and they're considered experts because they have an article about them in the newspaper, and they're 20 years old and, you know, don't know anything. And they have really cool T-shirts. <laughs> and they have very cool T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, I don't understand the the T-shirts thing. Well, well you have to admit, we have It's the gang type mentality, the club <laughs> mentality. That's what it is. Gonna well, you feel like, like you're part of a club. Yeah, but I don't like wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find you can always wear something over it. I find it very uncomfortable. It, well, well, we're I not I, on I don't take very so, I don't yeah. take very well to polyester. It's not right. Yeah, but, but nevertheless, know, a lot of people do, and you have you know. Yeah, I don't like to criticize others. No, I think that some people are 
seriously interested in all aspects of the paranormal. The rest of them, there is that faction. They're out there. They're thrill seekers. Yeah. They're not necessarily looking for knowledge. They're out there to have fun and yeah. to get creeped out. And True. those types of people don't take the situation seriously. They should be protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. They should be aware of what they could possibly get into because there could be some serious repercussions from their actions. So uh, what is your suggestion for someone who simply can't stay away from this field? Well, I, I think people have to um, be serious about edu educating themselves, knowing what they're going to get into. I mean, because they, there is negative uh, negativity out there that they could run into. Um, they should start reading a lot of books. And if they're going to go to a location like that, I would, first of all, warn against not using a Ouija board. Yes. Um, maybe just really. taking... Be, be armed with your with your own psychic abilities and maybe take a K2 meter and a recorder. But I think you also have to, like, do some kind of protection ceremony, some sort of blessing, prayers, something like that. They have to take precautions. It's it's not a joke. You know, there's a lot out there that is unanswered no, it's not like that we don't know about. Either. What was that? It's not like butterfly collecting either. No, it's not. Yeah. Willie, how would you... No. Uh, uh, you I, you, since you, you're... Uh, Reaction there, Paul. I have to ask you. Lynn mentioned uh, Ouija boards, and you said, uh, I take it you're uh, very much against Ouija boards? Oh, very much. One of the first okay. things I ran into in the 1970s was kids using Ouija boards and getting into trouble because of it. You know, no amount of protection, I don't think, it, you know, is really going to be, be a tremendous defense. Uh, what, in recent decades, I suppose the conclusion that I've come to about Ouija boards is that what you're doing is you're messing around with space-time and you're using, suppose you want to meet, this is the analogy I always use, suppose you want to meet your next door neighbor, somebody just moved in. You go over and, and you, know, you kind of wait outside when they're in the yard and you go say hello. You don't take a bulldozer and knock down their front <laughs> wall, right? They, yeah, I just no. want That's you to what notice me. Board kind of <laughs> does. And uh, we have a lot of people who contact us, oh, I've used Ouija boards. Uh, for years, never had any problem. Well, yeah, you can stand in the middle of uh, Interstate 95, and maybe you'll get hit, maybe you hit, won't. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. is it, it's bound is to it intelligent or but sensible or prudent to take that chance? But it, does it really have anything to do with, with the board, which is just, well, you know, cardboard and a piece of plastic? Well, I mean, symbols mean you know? a lot of things, yeah. and we, we, like, we, as a civilization, we can put a lot of power in things. It's like if somebody believes in voodoo and you don't, Say you did believe in voodoo and someone put a curse on you, of course you'd believe that there's a curse, and there might even actually be a curse. Belief is a very powerful thing. Sure, it right, is. exactly. He's talking about the mechanics, though. Yeah. Of oh, yeah. yeah. What, what, is, what, what is really the difference between going into a, uh, a location and taking a Ouija board to, you're, you're basically you're trying to communicate with spirits, right? Or taking... A recorder and trying to get EVP. I've got to what, say, what Willie, is really it is difference? not the same thing. The Ouija board is much more of a conduit. I can't tell you. It just seems to open up portals that, that need to be closed. And the, uh, granted, this may be a form of communication, and it may be a form of a portal, but the Ouija board is just very dangerous. Well, it, uh, let, me, let me just cast a little bit of, uh, of my perspective, our perspective on that. You're right, and you bring up a very interesting point, Willie. Is it, uh, or is, is it the cross, say, that really chases away the quote-unquote demon, or, or is it the Ouija board, the, the, the material thing that actually creates the conduit? And uh, th that's, that's really a question. What I think really happens with anything that is positive or negative, any, any instrument, and I've seen, I've seen teddy bears protect little children, 
because they believed wow. in it. And Ben is right. Faith is very powerful. Mm-hmm. I think what you're doing is tapping into something that, that, can, that can open or, or prompt something in you to open the power of your own mind and consciousness for mm-hmm. either good or yeah. ill. Okay, That's the way I look at it. Holy water, too. Th- that especially, for some reason, uh, believe it or not... Is I odious? Mean, <laughs> what, what is, is quite powerful, I've found, because you know, what's happening? It's blessed, at least in the Orthodox Church and some of the others. You know, the whole bunch of people stands around and puts positive energy into this. And what is water? Hydrogen and oxygen. The hydrogen, the basic yeah. building Yeah, the crystalline of the structure of the water has changed. There is such a thing as if water is polluted, it changes the crystalline structure That's right. of it. That's right. So I, I really believe that yeah. blessed water is very powerful. That's a, that's it's a in its pure form. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to clear up one thing here. I'm not being a proponent of Ouija boards. I've actually never really even yeah. used one myself. I know. But I just, I just uh, you know, it's... I know the, you the don't way, see the, the way, you know, the way I look at it, it's just a piece of cardboard and a yeah. piece of plastic, and it's your, it's your belief, or your, what you think. If you, I mean, why couldn't you just take that water bottle over there and put it on the table and accomplish the same thing if that's what you believe, you know? You possibly could. Let me mm-hmm. give an example of, of what, you've never used a Ouija board? Maybe, maybe twice just for a few minutes. Okay. I didn't get anything with it. When I was a kid... Uh, my friend, I was in seventh grade, he was in sixth grade, back in the old country, East Hartford, <laughs> Connecticut, right? Uh, he got one for his birthday. And so we're a couple of dumb kids, we're sitting there just doing, it was a fall afternoon. And we asked it these different questions, and for anyone who doesn't know how this, this generally works, it was the uh, Milton Bradley variety, I've been after them for 40 years to get, you know, like they're going to listen to me, right? So uh, they, the plastic thing with the fingers, and it, it seems to move around on its own, and mm-hmm. it's, there, are, there are letters and numbers, and it spells stuff out and tells right. you numbers. Yep. So eventually we asked when we were going to die, oh. and it told him that he was going to die in 1986, and he did. He, this is in 1966 or 67. Mm-hmm. He died in 1986 in a diving accident here in Rhode Island in Narragansett Bay. I remember you mm. mentioning that. And it still says I have like another couple of years, but, you know, I mean, not that I believe it now, but um, something was messing with space time. Not messing with it, but had some sort of insight. It and was parasites operating. do that. Yes. They're able to, 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 that the kind of living things these are is that they're able to reach into different worlds in our experience and they, where times may be different or whatever. And maybe it was a coincidence, but... I think Willie's point, he's arguing that anything you use is a conduit, but I Can't feel sure. personally I that the Ouija board is probably the most powerful and the most dangerous. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion, I, yeah, I agree. You yeah. agree? We could be wrong, but uh, yeah. not, well, not from no. what I've seen. I mean, I'm obviously not saying I'm any expert you're just, on it. You're it's just, just playing just devil's advocate, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> just my, my way of looking at it. It's, I, I think it's your belief and what you in your mind what you think. Yeah, it, you, you know you're going to. You're lacking experience. That's why you say that. I'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, like to be a fly on the wall in your car on the way back to Kittery. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we're, we, you mentioned Willie uh, EVPs or electronic voice phenomena, okay. uh, uh-huh. which are recordings that are captured that uh, people believe generally are quote unquote spirit voices. Although I'm not sure of the whole spirit thing. I'm, I'm, comfortable. I think there's more to it, but who knows? Yeah. What the heck do yeah. I know? And uh, 
we're prepared, I guess, to play one or two of these. Um, one uh, well, we well, were, we, but we aren't now. Okay. We aren't? Why? Oh, no. We, well, uh, let's, uh, let's plug that in real quick. Oh, no, okay. I, I unplugged it because I, I got a... Oh. oh, no, it makes sense. Yeah. it first. Oh, well, yeah. then, we'll, then we, can, we can do that after the break. Yeah, yeah, do okay, that. Okay, good. So yeah. we'll put that off. Okay. All right, we will, but why don't, okay. we, uh, why don't you fill us in on the case in which you garnered these? Yeah, okay, sure. But, I mean, as far as EVPs themselves, what what exactly are they? I can't explain them. You know, I mean, on a, a, a recorder, whether it be, you know, digital or analog, it's not a radio. So you're not picking up radio from anywhere. Well, it depends who you uh, talk to. Uh, well, there are people who say it's I an AM radio it, signal. I suppose I some people Bank would say that, but, yeah. I mean, I can't find any explanation for it. And when you get direct responses to questions, yeah, I mean, how can you how can you just uh, explain that away? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's uh, cool. you know, w- one of the new things now they have is the uh, uh, what do you call them the, the ghost boxes? Yeah, that um, goes through the uh, AM or FM radio signals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those to me, that's I don't. I, trust I have one, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's. it's it's junk. Yeah, I've been meaning <laughs> to do more that tests. Is, you that. are picking up radio. Oh, gimmicks. There's a lot of you know. It's yeah, all about bumps. Yeah. There's a lot of interest out there. And, uh, yeah, people gimmicks. buy anything. Yeah. Well, the fun thing about AM signals is it's you can you can pick up AM signals anywhere because the 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 um the AM transmissions can bounce off the ionosphere and just pop up anywhere. Like for example, here at, at uh, ON, we had somebody in Finland pick us up. Really? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our, our, our uh, promo, in the evening? as a matter of fact. Yeah, it was our promo, actually. Well, uh, Lapland, yeah. so it was northern Scandinavia. Yeah, they <laughs> had like 100 feet of wire like spread through the trees. They had nothing else to do except watch the reindeer. So Jeez. Yeah, right. A ham operator, is that who picked it up? Uh, yeah, I guess when they just have nothing to do in their really long winters, they just put up these giant well, antennas and see what they well they see what they can pick up yeah. pretty much, yeah. and then they they usually get in contact with like the owner of the station or whatever, yeah. and say hey we picked you guys up. So AM frequencies, mm-hmm. they can they can go ridiculously far. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of, some of the stuff, not all, because they're, I'm still kind of I'm still my jury's kind of out on the whole EVP thing because I'm yeah. still trying to figure out a mechanism by which. The the, the 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 voices the voices even come across. Mm. Well, you're, you're you're officially a sound engineer now that you graduated. Technically, yeah. yes. Yeah. So officially, uh, I am. <laughs> on paper, so, at least. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, yeah, that's the big question. How can a whatever you want to call it, a ghost, a spirit, whatever, that doesn't have any physical form or voice box? That's how, our how can they? Yeah. yeah, I I understand that. Um, but yeah, as being an a audio engineer, what what is your theory on a recorder picking up. Well, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how. I, I've had many, many theories through throughout this time. One of them was, um, I think it's, I think it's all going to just go back to the multiverse theory, in which we, the two, the two uh, worlds happen to be in one yeah. place at the same time. So then you you would be able to hear something like that. But the thing is, it's it's interesting that most of them come across as whispers, because you need you need something to. Um, uh, what's what's the word? Uh, vibrate the air molecules. So yeah. I want to figure out what vibrates right. the air molecules yeah. to create this kind of voice coming through. Which it could be electromagnetics. That's that's no, that's another thing that's going on in yeah, my head. It could be because I'm thinking atmospheric. So it's it's got to have something to affect. Yeah. To affect. 
end well, result. It, it's, it's not just voices, though. I mean, it can be other noises, like yeah, door slamming yeah. and yep. footsteps. Yep. I actually, I have one here is uh, very clear footsteps. Oh, well, listen, I'll look forward to well, that yeah, after the break. Yeah, you know, but would you get, get the same later. thing yeah. in a vacuum? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who knows? It, it, there's a lot of experiments I, I want to try, but the problem is it's like you, you can't replicate this stuff, which is which is mostly the problem with, with this field of study is it's extremely hard to replicate it. So the yeah. scientific yeah. method doesn't exactly fit. Yeah. Isn't there a principle where... Because I know this, this, has, this happened uh, several times and well attested that... that um, vibrations of sound hang in the atmosphere for very long periods and there were people on their TVs in England picking up broadcasts from the Queen Mary like 40 years after World well, War II. Well, I mean, that would, I, that, that would be... You know what? I'm not really sure. I know that's, I know that's true, but I can't remember how it, how it happened. Yeah, yeah. It's just that stuff... Stay, but if you, if you had equipment sensitive enough, you could pick up um, George Washington addressing his troops or something like that or, or, or you know... Buddha, well, Gautama, the Buddha. Who's not to say that it's a ghostly form of of it? Well, you're, perhaps you're, you're yeah. thinking of it being like in this time and space, just a continuation. Well, perhaps. I mean, that, mm. as Ben says, nobody really knows. Mm. Uh, wouldn't that come under the heading of a time slip? Perhaps. Picking, it could. You know, picking up something yeah. from way back like that. Mm. But it, again, if it, if it's a, a, just a vibration hanging in the atmosphere in our time stream, world, whatever, that, that would be just undiscovered science, perhaps. Yeah. You know, in, in according to our own laws of physics. And the, one of the points of the, the, in the multiverse theory, uh, as most people look at it, is that you probably have very different physical laws yeah. in other uh, parallel worlds. You know, hence the idea that an ancestor who's still alive there might know about you, maybe be able to help, and there's nothing... and not a ghost or anything of the kind is a perfectly physical person is just very aware if you want to say a higher awareness we throw that term around all the time maybe that's what higher awareness is helping ourselves across the boundaries of worlds you know with you know versions of ourselves who are more alive or more aware it's all I, us i read a book maybe. by timothy good and he was talking to a, an extraterrestrial timothy good a great ufo author especially yes he yeah. really is and he was he was being told that they have 12 senses. We have five. Some of us have six. They mm -hmm. have 12. And I don't remember which species it was. Yeah. But that brings us to this, this, this subject, being able to understand these different universes. Sure. And that's difficult Different senses for, for different dimensions and yeah. vibrations. All you can really do. And I think that when I, I had a wonderful publicist years ago, who was determined to turn me into a psychic, <laughs> you know, and that's really not, really, that's not what I do. Right. However, I, I, I gave it a shot, and so I used the multiverse idea to go where I was or am, this particular person, in some other point in, in uh, space-time and, and this kind of thing, whether it be past or future, whatever, where I, I, I established an identity with mm. whatever person I, I was talking, and, and you know, this I, I couldn't handle it. I had their memories, I had their imagination, I had their their physical feelings. I couldn't do it. It was too intimate. I couldn't do it. So I said, 
you're going to have to find me someone. And we, we went back to promoting my books and the doing. And plus, I, I, I try to be, Ben is more the feeling kind of guy. I try to be more the scholarly. I had too many feelings. Whatever, <laughs> you know, you're more the empath kind of thing. So I, mean, I, I couldn't handle it. So, so maybe when people are doing that kind of thing, uh, mediumistic or psychic activities, they have no idea that they're really becoming, going where they are, this person or, or animal or alien or whatever. Were you meditating? Is that what was happening? That's how I would often do that, yeah. yeah. So you were really becoming empathic, weren't you? Well, yeah, my, my contacts, quote-unquote, with other entities in the multiverse whom I do not consider, I, I don't think I've ever run into one who's actually a non-corporeal being. That's how we would interpret it, because we would without with our limited paradigm, what else could it be? Yeah. Right? Um, I encountered... Uh, a, a medium who was uh, when I was working in a psychiatric hospital in Augsburg, New York as a student and as a seminary student uh, she, she wasn't a psychiatric patient fortunately but she was you know it was a state hospital so people mm -hmm. older people with, with uh, injuries would, would be in there and I said um, she said oh there's um, you're very psychic she said there, there's someone in this hallway who's waiting for his wife and he's going to take her home waiting for his wife to die and the whole staff said the place was haunted that hallway. So uh, push comes to shove, and I've mentioned this on the air before. I, I got to the point where I, I went into the chapel to meditate, and they figured, well, he's a seminary student, he's going to hang out in the chapel, sure, right? Sure. So I got away with that, and it turns out there was a man waiting, but he was waiting across the river in Prescott, Ontario, at the railroad station in another parallel time stream, very similar, but where they had a higher awareness, and, and they were they often would visit with How neighbors. How did you determine that, Paul? He told me. He told you? Yeah. And his wife was uh, going to come on the train. He was going to take her home. But somehow the, the spatial arrangement was such that he was kind of there. Wow. The, 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 the geography of that world was a little bit different, and, he was, and that's how that was happening. It was an intersect. That is amazing. That's what I got from that it. That is amazing. And we're sitting around thinking, well, you know, you got a, a dead guy waiting for somebody else. Because what else could it be? We don't look at it this this other way. No. So unless I was really wrong, that's and that's happened a number of times with a number, and sometimes they don't speak English, oh. and you have language barriers. Yeah. And I had to speak very. I had to at one point work out a very strange form of Latin to speak with this bear-like. I mean, th th this could goes on. That bear-like entity. And on. Yeah. yeah. Well, once you have this kind of awareness, and I, and I think it's accurate. I don't know. And you're supposed to be the guest, not me. So why am I doing all the talk? Are we ready for our break? Uh, sure. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM, New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley, on a lovely day with our great guests, Lynn Nickerson and Willie Hassel. We'll be right back. ON Radio! French Heritage Festival and Soiree is coming on Saturday, September 12th at River Island Park here in Woonsocket. Stay tuned to ON Radio throughout the summer. Details. You can depend on us for public service. Owen Radio. Owen Radio. Owen Worldwide. Hello, this is Manny Brando reminding you that my show is on Owen every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You forget about me. What about you? Virginia Brando, your co host. You and I are going to have a talk. Again? Owen Radio! Owen Worldwide! 
23rd French Heritage Festival and Soiree is coming on Saturday, September 12th at River Island Park here in Woonsocket. Stay tuned to ON Radio throughout the summer for details. You can depend on us for public service. ON Radio. And we're back. We'll talk about our charities at uh, the end of the show instead of in the middle because we have two wonderful guests in studio, a real treat for us. We have Willie Hassel and Lynn Nickerson of Spirit Chasers Paranormal from New Hampton, New Hampshire, uh, radio hosts, uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, WSCA-FM. Yes. Right? And uh, just a couple of great folks, and uh, we're going to see if we can hook up some of the uh, electronic voice phenomena that uh, they brought with them in order to find out what it sounds like, and the cases that were involved. And we've been talking about that in the early part of the show, the possible explanations for these things. They're probably not as simple as most people think. So are we ready? Yeah, well, uh, you want to go ahead and uh, and tell what the investigation was. Well, uh, we were asked to look at this restaurant in Manchester. So uh, Willie and Jim did a run-through, a walk-through first, and then Willie and I came in a second date. And I really didn't get a feeling for much of anything in most of the restaurant except down cellar in uh, what was the furnace room and the second room was like a, a bathroom. And um, where would you like to go from there? Um, okay, well, let's see. Uh, we, we went back and uh, we, we did an investigation. Um, it was just you and me. Jim wasn't there yep, that night, right? that night. That we got and, this uh, particular EVP, yeah. Yeah, and what it was, this was downstairs in uh, the furnace room, and it was Lynn and myself and the owner's daughter came down with us, and we were we were doing an EVP session. And the way we were standing, Lynn had her back to the door into a little hallway which led into the main basement, and... She just she just moved for some reason, just you know, just a little movement, which caught my eye, and I looked over. So this wasn't out of the corner of my eye; this was direct. I saw out in the main part of the basement. I saw a shadow figure walk by, and I said, "Wait, I just saw somebody walk by," you know. So we all we all left the furnace room and went down to the other end of the basement. But I left the recorder running in the furnace room. It was in there by itself for about 45 minutes by the time we finally came back. And basically, all through that time, when there was nobody in there, you can hear movement. And this, I got three things here. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear them all right. And the first part of it is, uh, we think it's the ripping of duct tape. It's exactly what it sounds like. Let me just preface that with the, the furnace room and this bathroom just gave me the creeps. They were both dark, heavy-feeling rooms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we run into that sometimes. <clears throat> so while we were gone, this kind of verified my feelings. Yeah, and uh, we, we also think there was uh, mob activity in the building oh, back there, in the yeah, past. Yeah, there was mob was involved there. But anyways, this... Mob. MLB, yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, this uh, clip that I have is actually like a minute and ten seconds long. And in that time, there are three different EVPs that I want to play, so okay. we'll, we'll do them separately. But the first one, like I say, is a ripping, it sounds to us like duct tape. And let me let me know if this comes across all right here. I'll, I'll play it over a couple of times. Okay. 
Crossband? Yeah. Oh, okay. You look like you're winning. Okay. Doctor, I, I would say more feet scraping on a on a cellar floor. Think so. No, I well, I mean, it's your your EVP. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we thought, you know, yeah. some some sort of ripping sound. Yeah, oh, certainly. And, and we we think duct tape. Okay. And uh, just gonna unplug for a minute. Well, a handyman secret weapon. That's true. Really, it was used in World War II to keep car parts uh, together. And you wrote those times down. Was it thirty seconds? Uh, ten thirty and one ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the next one is a, uh, a female. Uh, just kind of humming. It is. It isn't real loud, but I think you'd be able to hear it, all right? Okay. So that was in the you know the same same session, and this is the one that we all find very. This yeah, this last one is the most disturbing. Okay, uh, it's yeah, I know. I'm just uh, okay. I, I don't want. Oh, all oh, right, uh, right. Yeah. Um, it's it's a female voice. She sounds very distraught, and like she's crying. And well, we'll tell you after what we think it says. Okay. But it's a full sentence. And then, if you listen very closely afterwards, is a reply from a young child. Interesting. So, okay. Like a, a young woman crying, very clear. Very clear. What, what do you? I, I, I have a very clear voice. I don't. Yeah. I can't understand the. Can't quite understand what it yeah, says. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? What do you think it says? Well, um, the consensus is that the woman says, "I didn't slit you there," as in cut, and the child says, "I know." Interesting, yeah. but pretty much, a, you know, a bit disconcerting, but still something that might come up in day-to-day conversation. Very emotional, and it fit in with the feeling of the room. Mm, It was just very somber. We think, yeah, you know, when you put it in the the feeling of the room and and the former uh, mob connections and uh, what we think is the duct tape, Mm -hmm. and then the woman saying that, you know, what what happened down there? Yeah, is definitely what we're wondering. You know, something. Sometimes, though, they uh, there seem to be random. Electronic voice phenomena. Yes. The first one I ever got, and, and I just it sort of did it on a hunch. It wasn't well known then or very popular, and it was back in the mid 70s. 
and it was a house in, Ma- in Manchester, Connecticut. And I had an old reel-to-reel tape recorder. Oh, I wish yeah. I transferred it. It's a long, deteriorated, turned into nothing. I um, left the house, <clears throat> and the family did too. And uh, they said they always felt there were people in the house. Mm-hmm. And I put the thing on the stairs, pushed the record and the play button, which is what you had to do back then, right? And I came back several hours later, and it recorded a dinner apparently going on with... Uh, metal utensils and plates and, and pe- people burping because uh, that was not considered rude in various places in mm-hmm. the 18th century. This was, a, this was a, a very, very old house. And it was uh, nothing emotional. People were laughing and, and you know, so there had been nobody in that house. It didn't sound contemporary then. It oh, no, not at all. Really? No. Although people are do that at meals now, I suppose. Uh, no, I, no, just a conversation and what was going just, on. I really couldn't make out what was being said, but, but the accents and, the and accents. occasional word here and there, it, it didn't sound contemporary at all, not even for the 1970s. So that, that was my first kind of experience with that, and I've been trying to figure it out ever since. And now and then things will come across. And, and since we're speaking of this, did you ever figure out what that male voice was that came across on your show no. Ben and no. I and Bill Hall and did, Shane were Did you hear that, Ben? Week. No. You didn't no. hear it, Ben? Yeah, it was, you it was you heard it, Paul, right? I believe I did, yeah. Mm. yeah. Paul, uh, Willie, and me, we all heard it. Uh, Bill says he didn't hear it. Shane, we don't know. We didn't. We, don't, we haven't heard from Shane. Him. And I did want to try to get some exact wording, but we, no, we can't find it on the recording, okay. and I don't but recall what it said. And it came through the headphones, right? Yeah, so I think I mean, so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I know, well, I, I definitely heard it, and I know Lynn reacted, and I saw you react. And I think it was at the point that we were talking about the military base. Uh, yes. Somehow that tends to happen, now, whether it was anything. But you, you run a good show, a tight ship. You know, people don't just all start talking at once. We also do the same thing here. I, I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like Shane and Bill were very calm. Through most, of, through most of that, they're kind of hard to control. Yeah. <laughs> Hope they're yeah. not listening. But to have a voice come out like that without, without being in order or, or in answer to a question was what struck me as very strange. Yeah, Besides the was, voice there. There was nobody else in the building either besides us. But yeah. like so I say, it came over the headphones. So and you were running the board, Willie, yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. as so Ben does here. What is your opinion of that, Paul? Do you think it was um, like a bug? Someone listening in, or do you think it was something from another dimension? Well, it could have been just us. one of those things that happens electronically. I mean, there's really no way to tell. Uh, I, I look back to the shows we did, especially in the Rendlesham Forest case, with, which involved a lot of the military in 1980, mm-hmm. UFO landings in, in uh, Great Britain and all this. And we did the first two uh, panels on CBS, brand new studio, uh, professional engineers there out of, out, of Detro- out of WOMC in Detroit and nothing all kinds of interference people laughing in the background stranger to, you know guests dropping off coming out you know and, and hearing strange things in their own headphones wherever they were we had, we had to take it off and put it there, there was an internet uh, station that kind of uh, owed us a little time so we took the, the rest of the shows and put them on that after the second one because it, it was complete chaos we, people weren't getting the broadcast, and it was, you know, so we had to take it off CBS and put it on this internet thing where we had far less trouble, and the podcasts are all available on, under special shows on Behind the Paranormal. But well, that almost sounds like a multiverse situation, you know what? I don't know what it was, but boy, it was very, very embarrassing odd. and inconvenient. 
It was th- three-hour yeah, right? specials. These were three-hour specials. But getting back to the the house that where you had the, the regular, the old recorder, and you had this old-fashioned yeah, dinner th- party. That, that kind of knocked don't, me sideways. Don't you think that that might have been a case of residual energy? Or not? Well, I was one of the early advocates of residual energy, okay? But then when I discovered kind of the multiverse thing, if that's correct, I said, well, that's residual stuff isn't good enough. And, and the residual theory is you'll have events recorded on the environment somehow. Mm-hmm. But then my question was, recorded on what? If it's stones... I'm thinking, too, of, of areas in the middle that were abandoned villages that are now all overgrown. You have stone walls, but unless you have tremendous amounts of iron oxide in there, you're not going to have any kind of any, any way to record anything. Uh, the soil is all different. The trees are different. What's it recorded on? Again, maybe the, the physical laws don't apply that we're maybe, aware maybe, of. Maybe. You know? Maybe not. That could be. Could yeah. be. We really don't know, but mm-hmm. I, I do tend to favor the more the time-space intersect kind of thing than... The residual, yeah. thing, which, which I o- it always struck me as, well, this is the best thing we can think of, yeah. and there's no, there's no so. But again, it could be wrong. I don't know. I mean that that EVP that we just played, I would have to call that residual because I mean Maybe, it, it yeah. wasn't interactive with anything. Yeah, there yeah. was nobody in the room. Mm-hmm. So we had an interesting case R- right in in, in uh, York Beach, Maine, right within your domain yeah. up there. Uh, went on for several years, and it was a campground was all kinds of strange things particularly the house where the managers lived and uh, they had been in northern maine managing a resort they had trouble there and they came down to york beach and there was trouble there we said ben you were there when we did this we set up the the uh, infrared camera and the owner of the house and us downstairs and we went upstairs and we're very quiet and living it sounded like 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 Times Square down there. That the, the, the really? washing machine sounded like it was going. Orbs here, orbs there. People walking around, people talking, and nobody was down there. The guy uh, in in the corner or whatever that had. And like, the guy in the corner with his legs or something. They had half a leg, and then the standing there. Yeah. And there was nobody standing there. No spooky. And uh, so you shared the picture with him. You had the video camera or something, but it was a uh, very interesting. So, uh, really, we don't necessarily know what what causes these things. However. Before we're, we're burning up this hour, something first. So tell us once again about yourself, your show, website, and any pla- your group, any place people can find out more about you. Okay. Well, the uh, the uh, the group is uh, Spirit Chasers Paranormal, and we're out of Hampton, New Hampshire, and the website is SpiritChasersParanormal.com. And also on uh, Saturday nights on that radio station up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, <laughs> uh, 9 to 10 p.m., Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience with Lynn and myself. And the, uh, well, let's see, the station website would be wscafm.org. And our uh, show website is spiritradiotheparanormalexperience.org. It's kind well, of a long one, I know, yeah. but... Podcasts no. and YouTube. And, and yes, we are also videos. podcasting on uh, Buzzsprout.com and iTunes, Stitcher. Stitchers, and a couple of others. And the uh, shows are on YouTube. You'll have to tell us that all our CBS shows are on iTunes, but not these. You'll have to tell us how to do that. I don't know. There's, oh. we, we have a tech person, but I don't know. We'll see. Well. So, in any case, uh, Lynn, you mentioned you might be working on a book. Oh, yeah. It's I've been recording all of this stuff that's that happens to me, dreams, um, mm-hmm. out-of-body experiences, um, warnings, strange synchronicities. 
So that's what I've been working on okay. and recording well, you them all. Consider yourself an empath? I don't know. That there's such a broad spectrum of experiences that I've had. Mm. So I, I like to think I'm just slightly sensitive. Okay. Well, everybody's sensitive. It's, it's, it's a uh, survival experience. It's part of our makeup. <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten through the days of the mastodons if we didn't uh, have some kind of sixth sense about something we're going to look at us uh, wanting us to have us for lunch or something. You know, well, kind of I've, I've had some odd things that things that are very difficult to explain, uh, similar to what we've covered. Um, one of them was I, I dreamt that I was um, and I had an out-of-body experience. I visited a house. I flew around it like you were talking about flying. Yeah, we were talking before the, before the show. Yeah. Yes, and we yeah. flew. I flew in and out of the windows, and there were lilacs in front of this house. Well, I didn't find this house until a year later, and the house did exist. And when I did the comparison, trees had grown up. There were lilacs in the front of it. They had grown. And I dreamt that it, it overlooked a bluff on a river, and it did. Um, very odd. Why would I dream of this house? Mm. It had no relation to me. Well, I, I know skeptics who would say, I know a lot of skeptics who, who would say that these experiences that you have and that I have and Ben or, and Willie or whoever uh, are purely subjective purely within ourselves, and uh, I might, my first response might be, well, that doesn't mean they're not real. Mm-hmm. And secondly, when you have, uh, as, as I experienced in psychiatric hospitals, one of the reasons I was there is to work with a priest, and when the patient is having all sorts of issues and things are flying off shelves across the room, that's objective, not subjective. You know? So what would you say to a skeptic who questioned your experiences in that way? I haven't got much of an answer except that I know I experienced it. I had mm. no cog- cognitive um, evidence of it because I had never been there. Mm-hmm. I didn't discover this place. Actually, it's a little bit more than a year later until I drove around looking for a place to buy, a house to buy, mm. and I found the house. I'd never been down that street. So how do you explain that? Yeah, yeah. Except um, a multidimensional thing, an mm-hmm. out-of-body where it was there, but it was a different time zone. I mean... A different time frame, and it was like I was visiting someone else's memory. Yeah, I didn't I feel that it was my house. I think, uh, like you know, your question was uh, the skeptics, right? I mean, this is uh, something that happened to you, and you know it happened, mm-hmm. but you can't prove it to anybody can't else. Prove it, yeah. It's no, it's no. exactly the same thing as if if you're investigating a, a place or something, and and you get touched. It's a personal experience. You can't prove it, mm-hmm. but you know it happened. Well, mm-hmm. we all have to be skeptics to a certain degree, but open-minded oh, ones. You know. Yeah, open-minded so, yeah. skeptics. Well, yeah. it's like uh, someone asked me a question at some convention once and was like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, who exactly are you trying to prove this stuff to? And she, she stood right. there and she thought for a moment and she was like, you know, I, I don't really know. And I was like, if you're trying to prove this to science, it's not going to work. No. Like there's, there's no there's no point. People have been trying to do the it for decades. The lines couldn't do it. Nobody could. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 so... It's it's one of those things where it's it's a it's a either a communal experience or an individual experience, yeah. and that's just what it is. We yeah. know empirically that we experience these things. Right. We don't necessarily have an explanation for it, and it's exactly. the root of the human experience. And you know, you had asked about the past and the future of ghost hunting in the paranormal world. Sure, I really think that people are questioning and they're becoming more aware. I think more people in the future are going to become more aware, and I think what we become aware of is the science behind all of this activity. 
So I think eventually it will be explainable. I don't know about that. You don't think, think so? I think that there will be... Oh, I, I think it might be explainable, but I think we're going to have to go beyond science. I mean, well, I've had scientists tell me this is outside of science. It's outside of science that's, as we know yeah. it. I think as there's, we know it. That's I think right. there's a different, different operating that's set of physics, mean, physical law. That's right. That's yep. right. That's right. So I think science is going to become multidimensional, and we're going to grow in awareness to understand those principles mm -hmm. that we, we are only we're blindsided right now. I think so, but I think uh, part of that is going to have to be uh, expanding our notion of what the big picture really is. Absolutely. Expanding our own boundaries it's of It's going to be an expansion of our awareness. Yeah, our own paradigm and our own epistemology when it comes to that. Because, That's right. Uh, you know, as I'm running into science, I have some dear friends who are scientists or married to scientists, and they, uh, the, the opinions are often very narrow. I think one of the things we suffer from uh, as far as uh, how we know what we know in Western society is that they're very specialized. Everyone is very specialized. You know, you go through your basic education, your core courses, and then you start to specialize in uh, behaviorism or in astronomy or something. And uh, you don't know about it really anything else very often. There are not enough classically educated, liberally educated Renaissance people, I think, uh, to balance the paradigm. And people see things only from their own perspectives. And a certain rather disconcerting kind of, for lack of a better term, stupidity can result from that and lack of vision. And I don't mean to insult anyone, uh, but... Well, some people just don't care to learn it. It's, it no, and they see, they see things from their own point of view, and that's just and about that's it. And that's about it. It satisfies their world. that is the human experience. Every culture, every history, every race, every species, really, in the multiverse knows about this. And maybe, as inept as some of those of us in this field may be, we're the real pioneers of human knowledge. I have to agree with you. You know? So now that we patted ourselves on the back... <laughs> <laughs> I so, never thought of myself as a pioneer. Oh, you are. All well, I need is the oh, hat. Okay. Willie, right? okay. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But in any case, uh, tell us what you're working on right now. Uh, well, actually, we oh, are working on an, an ongoing investigation at a place called the James House in Hampton, New Hampshire, which is, uh, it's actually, it's uh, like a living museum type of place. It's the James House Association. And uh, we've been, uh, actually, we're doing a, a one-year exclusive investigation in there. We started last October. Yeah, it'll be up in October. And maybe we can get it renewed. Yeah, maybe we can get it a year. <laughs> but, uh, release, yeah. Uh, we've, we've come up with some interesting uh, things in there. There's and, been a and myriad of yeah, and, uh, pieces of evidence. Different different things from, you know, uh, banging to, to being touched to EVPs and... Of course, different yep. smells and the ubiquitous orb. But I still, yeah. upstairs in the attic, we got many, which I, I felt there's a lot of activity up there. Keep us posted on that. We, we talk all the time anyway, so that that'll be quite interesting. Yep. As far as um, other people who are involved in this, whom you know, are you on the same page? In other words, we often find with groups, they'll, they'll try, we even had one or two on, on some of our early shows saying, oh, we want to prove this to science, okay. But there's no discipline in thinking, and there's no peer review as, as is basic to any sort of academic activity or scientific activity. 
Um, and, I mean, we all know that things in, in this field are not repeatable, but there has to be some sort of discipline. I mean, is it necessary to have to prove it to science? Why can't no, we I don't just, think so. I'm I don't think so either. Do it's, I think it's really interesting, and it helps corroborate some of the feelings and ex- personal experiences mm-hmm. that people get, but it doesn't have to be proven by science. No. However, if, if you get the backup with the K2s and the yeah. recorder, I think that's great. And that's yeah, but the question but is even, even that, I'm, I'm not out to prove anything to anybody except myself. That's where I started this, just my own curiosity. Yeah. I wanted to find out for myself. And so I'm not out to, to prove, well, yeah, this this is the way things work. It's a very intellectually honest and, answer. And yes. yeah. well, that's just the way it is. I mean, and, and in the process of doing some investigations and going in, you know, if I can help somebody in the process, well, that's, you know. It's just that's icing on, on the cake. The, yeah, I like yeah. that. Exactly, yeah. icing on the cake. But that's, you know, I'm... I'm not out to uh, change the world. Just Very good. To, just no, well, to, I, agree. Uh, I hate to say it, but this is a great way to end our discussion. We're pretty much out of time. We have to do our mm-hmm. announcements. But oh, yes. Uh, once again, why don't you give your website? Websites. Uh, okay, com, And for the radio show, it's uh, spiritradiotheparanormalexperience.org. And that is on WSCA, which is WSCAFM.org. And will you be speaking? Have any events coming up? We're hoping um, to see you at some of the UFO conferences up north. Oh, we'll see you. We, I don't know if we, we don't have anything uh, speaking we've, we've coming up at the moment. We've got a speaking UFO conference to go to in September, but that's right. still being formulated. Right, okay. but I mean, right. we're, we're not speaking anywhere. Yeah. But uh, Oh, oh yeah, that one. oh, yeah, yeah I forgot about are. that one. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So you so uh, yes, we are. So famous in <laughs> <and> demand. <laughs> yes, we are. We're speaking somewhere in September. I don't know. Very good. Okay, Ben, take it away. Okie doke. To kick off our announcements, on Saturday, September 5th, we're scheduled to speak once again at the Exeter UFO Festival in Exeter, New Hampshire. The town-wide event is organized by the Kiwanis Club to benefit local children's charities. And other speakers include the great Stanton Friedman, along with Richard Dolan, Kathleen Marden, and Jennifer Stein. And we'll provide more information as the date approaches. On Thursday, September 24th, we'll join Bill Hall, author of the forthcoming The Haunted House Diaries, which I, he's told us is dedicated to you and I, Ben. I thought that what a compliment. Wow. All right. Uh, for a joint book event at Hank's Restaurant in Brooklyn, Connecticut. Hank's has great food and it'll be a lot of fun. So come one, come all, and we'll fill the, fill the place just with our relatives from around yeah, there. Yeah, probably. Uh, so on Saturday, October 10th, uh, we'll once again be speaking at the Greater New England UFO Conference at City Hall in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Other speakers will include Stan, uh, Stan Friedman once again, Richard Dolan, Peter Robbins, and other UFO greats. And watch more information on that and others coming up this year. Actually, that might be, I'm not sure Stan's going to be there this year. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. Well, whatever. We'll yeah. give you updates then. Yes. You can also visit our show website at BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find nearly 600 free podcasts of all past shows. And, and uh, that's from both ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And you can find my books on Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, Barnes & Noble Look, The Usual Suspects. But if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I'll be happy to sign them for you, and you will help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our website, you'll find direct links to several charities Ben and I have adopted, including USACares.org, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles, with uh, Tony Loray out there doing amazing things for at-risk youth in that city, YouthMentoring.org. There are two new books just released by Global Communication, Tim- Timothy, Beckley, Timothy Green Beckley's publishing company, that would be of interest to our local listeners. One is The Bell Witch Project, which contains the story, uh, that story, of course, and also a few contributions by yours truly on historic paranormal cases here in New England. 
including the 17th century specter leaguers of Massachusetts and the 18th and 19th century vampire hysteria, <laughs> believe it or not, in Rhode Island and Connecticut. A special interest to folks here on ON 1240 in our listening area is another Beckley book, UFO Repeaters, uh, with an entire chapter on our old friend Joe Ferrier, talk show host on here on ON for over 50 years. Both books are available at Amazon.com or use the links at our online bookstore at our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com. So next Monday, July 6th, so right after the uh, Independence Day, we will welcome Aztec shaman Ruben Yurtira, or Yuri Tiwa. Tiwa. I, never, I never knew how to pronounce his last name. He's a good friend of you. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Well, I don't know. know he's going to be here. He will be here okay. for a conversation to talk about shamanism and being a shaman and all that entails. We leave you this evening with a quote from the Dalai Lama. Our prime purpose in life is to help others. If you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.